I'm Zach. I'm Roy. And this is Advice Hot Dog. Roy, welcome to San Francisco. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be in, uh, as the kids call it, SF. They do. They do. You've been talking to kids about it? Not too many. But the kids that I know, they're in the know, and they know that it's called SF. You told Cora that you were going to see Uncle Zach in San Francisco, and she said, oh, you mean SF, Dad. Mm -hmm. Come on. Come on. And she said, no screaming. No biting and no running. Actually, uh, she did give me some advice right before I got on the plane, and because she knew I was getting on a plane. She said, don't fall off. And if you do, say, help, help, help. Do you think that would work? Well, I mean, it's probably what I would be saying. I don't know if it would help. It would make you feel better. Do do you think you'd be asking Jesus for help, or who would you expect to help you? Uh, I don't know that. I mean, I would expect someone to help me, but I don't think that. I I think I would make my peace that no one's going to help me. If you were close enough to the ground, maybe some firemen would hear you, and they could hold up one of those uh, like bouncy nets, bouncy things, Mm -hmm. yeah, to catch dogs. No, it bouncy back up into the plane. Uh huh. So you'd have a lot of momentum. Or they'd re- they'd like, really have to calculate that, though, right? So that uh, they would bounce me forward so that I could enter the plane again? Yeah, or they'd bounce you backwards and you would just get sucked into the engine of the plane behind it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'd be rough. That'd be a rough way. Well, it probably wouldn't actually be a rough way to go. It'd be over before you knew it. And I would have had an amazing trip, right? Boing. Like going all the way to the ground, bouncing. Yeah, and then bouncing all the way back up. Yeah. To your death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would really be awful. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine that I would uh, have passed out from fear before I got to the first bounce. Yeah. So good advice from Cora altogether. It was good advice. Uh, I did not have to call for help, but I, I was very grateful to her for, you know, being concerned. Yeah, it's good that she thought about it. She, she was did. able to play out a scenario in her head, imagine what she would do, and mm-hmm. give you that advice. Yeah. I love that she told me to not fall off, because, you know, like, if you're on a plane, don't fall off. Yeah. Wouldn't, you wouldn't have necessarily thought of that, right? It's one of those things no. that's it's so simple that even a child can understand it, exactly. but like, it just, just doesn't occur to you. You assume that you're not going to fall off, but what if you do? What if you do? You yell, help, help, help. Now, right. There you go. See, I wasn't even listening. Yeah. Uh, did uh, did Cora like her gift? Yes, she did. She I, did uh, like her gift, and and she's been uh, walking around with it and stuff. And you, you don't know. have to pretend that she is playing with it if she's not. No, she is. Okay. Like she's got, taken it to to her bed a few times. Okay, I got Cora a little red octopus from the aquarium. I was gonna get her that octopus, but then I thought I should ask him what animals she likes. And then you said an octopus, and I said okay, good. Mm-hmm. So my instinct was correct. Oh, really? That's what you first wanted mm-hmm. to get? Yep. Okay. That's cool. Uh, what was surprising is that it came from Facebook, oh, and yeah, I was like, true. who the hell do I know at Facebook, and why have they found me? <laughs> we just, we've gathered from, uh, from your recent activity that, uh-huh, you have that a your child, child wants and that she this. Probably likes, <laughs> likes a, a stuffed octopus. Uh, you know, that scenario did play out in my head, and I thought, uh, that, that is possible that they, you know, kind of like in V for Vendetta. He sends that mask to everyone. Oh, yeah. The, what, mm-hmm. what's it called? The, uh, the uh, Guy Fox mask. Guy Fox mask, yeah. yeah. So you think uh, Facebook is just sending everyone mm-hmm. an octopus? An octopus. I know. That was just. It's my, part of their future plan for everyone. My girlfriend works there and she mailed it for me. I mean, you know, maybe it wasn't the octopus that she wanted. Maybe it was just the octopus she that she deserved. She doesn't know. I mean, she she's also know. three. 
And you know, Three sometimes is old enough to have preferences. It is old it enough is to have preferences, but it's not old enough to know all of the choices. I suppose that's true. There are a lot of sea animals, right? That it might Does have she never know about nudibranchs? No. no, I don't know what that is either. Is that the thing that sea like, cucumbers? I'm probably I'm probably saying it wrong. No, uh, that's like uh, maybe they have a sea cucumber that's one of those weird, you know, those weird gross toys that's like a loop of yeah, it's plastic like called a water weenie in it that's just like playing with a weird foreskin. I- it's first of all it's not a weird foreskin it's, it's just like a, a foreskin just a normal well i don't know is yours a mobius strip well uh you know i mean to some um i thought those I were mean, just it goes on a really long way i wouldn't say it's infinite you know i think those are just filled with water because when you bite down on them and they break it's just water is it <laughs> it looks like some sort of goo to me <laughs> some might be with filled with goo they're filled with blood <laughs> yeah anyway yeah, those you, things those you can't things let them congeal and the worst. you have to keep moving them so i didn't get one of those for your daughter thank you um yeah you don't want that you know to me sea cucumbers always sound delicious i don't think that people eat them but it seems like you know like nature's hot dog it's like an animal but it's called a cucumber uh-huh mm-hmm. but then you just like slightly sear it and then, yeah. you know, just eat it. And it kind of like it's, like a, it's crunchy on the outside and it pops in, in, into your mouth. So it's like a scallop in sausage form kind of is yeah, what you imagine. Exactly. I bet it's not. I'll bet it's probably really awful. <laughs> and poisonous. Maybe. Yeah. You never mm. know. If Can anyone just... out, out there knows uh, whether they're edible or not or whether they're good or not, I, I would like to know. I'll tell you, there is some horrifying shit at the bottom of the ocean. Really? I know that. Like those, uh, what are those? The fisherman fish, the or angler fish, angler fish, the fisherman fish, yeah, mm-hmm. the good. the fly fishing fish. You can trust the Gorton's fisherman fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mrs. Dash, the pocket angler, Not Mrs. Dash. What's the? What's the? Um, there's a brand of seafood, Durkee. Mrs. Fields is Mrs. Fields a brand of seafood? It's a brand of something. I don't know. Don't they make fish pie? <laughs> yep, Mrs. Fields fish pie. That you find that at the bottom of the ocean, it's terrifying. Uh huh. No, there's a lot of really terrible things, but there's, there's also a lot of really pretty things. We saw some. We saw tanks full of jellyfish, and they were really. They just like they just oh. mesmerize you right before they kill you or make all of your skin hurt. Sure. So did we? We went to the Legoland in um, uh, Los Angeles. No, what is it? The caverns. I forget what it's called. The town that it's in, uh, near San Diego. Oh, right. It's like in between San Diego and L.A. Yeah. And is we went Car- there. Is it in Carlsbad? Carlsbad. Okay. There are no caverns there, right? I think that there are. Carlsbad Cavern. Yeah. Uh, we went there and, and part of it has I'd like a... to Carl's Good Cavern. Uh-huh. Fucking Carl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Car- Carl causes a lot of problems. At his bad cavern, the gift shop only sells pictures of his dick. <laughs> and what one, happens at the, the good cavern? It's just actually pictures it's the same. of... It's pictures of caves. And stuff. Oh. It's like what you would expect at a gift shop. I see. Yeah, but in the bad one, they also have like a full size standee that you can, you know, get your picture taken. You with. can stand. It's just a big picture of Carl's dick that you can stand behind and pretend it's your dick. Yep. It's like you can get get a picture, you know, and then they can put it on like do a transfer, put it on a t shirt, and make your own brand of you know like big. I mean, in your case, it would be Big Johnson's mm-hmm. Johnson. Right. Well, Carl's last name could be Johnson. Could be. Uh, at Legoland, they also have an aquarium, and we had a really good time there, and they had a bunch of jellyfish. Jellyfish are very pretty. Yeah. 
but weird. It doesn't seem like a thing that would be alive. No. You know? the, the, <laughs> was this at your aquarium where they had a bunch of tanks of jellyfish and then they also had a tank that had little pieces of plastic bag moving around saying jellyfish also look like pieces yeah. of plastic don't, bag. Don't throw your plastic bags into the ocean or jellyfish will try to fuck them and be sad. Right. Do you want to take care of some old business? Uh, sure. Yeah, we can do that. We have a, we got a, we got a letter from Justin Bortnick, a good old night vol about, yeah. uh, the pluralization of octopus. And this is long, so I'm going to try to read it really fast. To clarify on octoplurals, octopodes, octopi, and octopuses are all viable plurals. Long story short, English, plural, English plurals are usually created by adding an S to the end, so octopuses, but in the 19th century, a bunch of linguistic pedants decided they wanted to change English to be more like Latin, and octopi was one of the pluralizations that was the victim of this change. Of course, immediately after that, a group of even more pedantic linguists pointed out that because octopus is Greek in origin, if we wanted to be even more correct, we would pluralize it like the Greeks did, octopodes. Then a third group of pedants pointed out that once words are in English, they're in English, so we don't follow the rules of other languages because those other languages aren't English. As a result, of this never-resolved linguistic holy war, all three plurals are dictionary accurate and acceptable, although octopodes is more popular in the UK than the US. Say octopuses if you want to sound weird and uncultured, octopi if you want to sound like a snooty, technically correct person, and octopodes if you're at a bar and want a Scott Pilgrim pick up a girl with a weird story about linguistics. Cheers, Justin. Do you think that ever worked for, for Justin? Or Scott Pilgrim? Hmm, yeah. The, like the Puck Man story? Uh, I don't think that it would. You don't think it would? No. You don't think there is a girl out there that would be charmed by that? I'm not saying she would think it was cool, uh-huh. but I'm thinking that she would maybe appreciate you trying. Well, I guess it all depends on your uh, delivery. Here's here's what I feel like the secret is. Girls know you're not cool. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. Yeah, it really doesn't. As uh-huh. long as as long as you try, you know, there is some, there is somewhere out there there is a girl that is going to be charmed by the particular way in which you are not cool. Maybe this octopus story is it. That is very true. Um, I guess I would only drop it if I actually knew about it. Well, you do know about it now, though. Yeah, but that's all I know about it. All right, but just memorize that. Put, write, print this email out. That's on a little... really long to memorize. Well, make a shorter version in your head then. Uh huh. Then then she'll be then she'll be impressed with both your knowledge and your brevity. I see. Yeah, and you can say, check out how long this was, and you can pull the card out, and then check out how concise I was uh-huh. in my delivery. I was very succinct. That's also how I am with sex. <laughs> exactly. Don't you could have that. the four-hour session or the good twenty-minute. Okay, that that wasn't exactly where I was going with it, but uh, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Sh- shorter, longer? I was going like nine hours, forty-five minutes. Okay. Somewhere. We'll meet in the middle. Sure. It'll be fine. Um, I did want to say, and this is still sea-related, uh, when we were last in San Diego. Oh, unlike octopuses. It's sea-related. This was on topic, Roy. Um, I I touched a stingray in the ocean. Oh, like in the wild? Not yeah, in like the at wild. A petting, not at a petting zoo. Yeah, it did not know it was coming. Like a petting trough. Did you do it on purpose or did you? Were, no, were you I did like, it on purpose. Yes, I did it on purpose. I see. It was like a couple of feet away, and I bent down and touched its back. And it didn't kill you? No. Uh, it was also missing its tail. Oh, okay. So you weren't scared of it? No. I wasn't scared of it anyway. It was a little guy. Is it because you're fearless or because you thought it was harmless? Second. Okay. Did, was stupid one of the choices? No. Okay. I mean, it's always implied. Uh-huh. That's always an option. I mean, you can always just say that's, you know, 
Well, I you know, I, either I, of those reasons, I did it because I was stupid. But I've touched some at an aquarium. I assumed it was the same kind. You know, it's like a cousin. Are you sure those are stingrays or they're not just manta rays? It, I don't know. It was they, a ray. Yeah, weird did, fish. Did it have like like did it's uh, a diamond shaped? Did it fish. have like a steak knife zip tied to its tail? It did not. Okay, because that's how you can ray? tell the really the really dangerous ones. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Be- because they're actually gonna cut you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the some of them have guns, but often the guns don't work because the bullets are all soggy. So it's only the ones in the zoos, the zoo, you know, the water zoos. Yes. Uh, the ones that are in the aquarium in the shallow areas, those are the ones you really have to worry about if you see them with a gun on because them. Because they're fresh They probably fresh took it from the aquarium security guard. Uh-huh. I don't know why they arm those guys. It uh-huh. really doesn't seem And why like... they keep losing their guns to the stingrays? Well, that's because the stingrays are very clever, right? Mm-hmm. It's not their fault. You can't. You can't blame. You can't outwit a stingray. No, and I mean you can't. You can't hold Paul Blart to those kind of standards. Paul Blart Aquarium Cop. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Roy, did you have a topic in mind for today's podcast? Oh yeah, um, I finally went and saw Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, what'd you think? That's the topic. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Was it built up too much for you? It was not. Although, uh, as far as like the feminist take on it. Like, it's, I didn't think that it was that overt. It's slightly there. You know, it's, it, it seems like a highlight. It is more about them than it is about him, but. I think it is more remarkable for the absence of badness than it is for overt goodness along those lines, right? Hmm. Like, the female characters were treated as real characters. Sure. As opposed to just, you know. It's showing them being abused or them just being sure, but you know, that said, they still had very thin, flimsy, wet clothes, you know, like yeah. you, th- there's still some gratuitous, you know, like female form. You can clearly see their nipples. There is like, well, you were paying a lot of attention. I don't think that I really had to. No, it was a little, it, I was, I was nervous about that. I mean, I wasn't nervous about it. I was like, oh, come on. What is this? But then, you know, they kind of turned it around. And they all, you know, they all like were actually established as characters and had distinctive personalities. Yes, and, they were. And, you know. Sure. Yeah. I'll, weird, I'll, and weird names. I'll agree with that. I just won't go very far saying that, you know, it was really awesome as far as like the feminist uh, contingency. But, you know, they were real characters, but there are plenty of movies where male and female characters are real characters equally within it. Uh, I think it was you very just fun. didn't necessarily expect it out of just a big budget action movie. Sure. You okay. I'll, I'll agree to that, but maybe we expect too little from movies like that. Oh, sure. I enjoyed it. We, we both did. I went with Corinne. It was our uh, San Diego date night. The guy that made that movie is like 80. Well, that's that's awesome. Yeah. It's also really awesome that he wrote Babe, and he directed Babe, Pig in the City, and also wrote it. Mm-hmm. I think I that, seen, that's the best part. I haven't seen either of those movies. I'm told they're good. They are very, very good. Speaking of very, very good, a lot of people out there have some very, very bad problems and need some very, very good advice to deal with them, and I think we should give them that advice, Roy. But first, let's have a cocktail. Let's do Roy, this week's cocktail is a thing I made up as a joke. Uh, this is the Phil Collins, or I can feel it rumming in the pear tonight. Uh, this is a, this is like a car bomb, except it's a shot of Bacardi white rum dropped into uh, a glass half full of pear cider. 
uh, I have no idea if this is going to be any good or uh-huh. not. But we're going to give it a shot. What What is your guess? I'm guessing it's actually probably going to be pretty good. Uh-huh. I think it'll be sweet. You know, I don't know if it's going to mix super great, mm-hmm. but I think I'm going to drink it real fast. And then the rest of the show is probably going to be a slightly more incoherent than the first half, which is really saying something. But I think that if this is good, it's going to become the taste sensation that sweeps the nation. I see. And here we go. All right. I'm doing it. Okay, that was actually pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. All right. Um, you guys, you got to try this. I think you could maybe experiment a little bit with the type of uh, rum. Different kind of rum. Right? Yeah. We did Ace Pear Cider and Bacardi, just regular Bacardi. not the, Which is like <clears throat> very... It's, very, it's bog standard rum. Uh-huh. Really, yeah. bog standard would be scotch, I guess, because they, you know, they make it out of peat. Right. But uh, cane standard... Cane sugar, field, sugar standard, cane, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's passable. I don't know that I'm going to drink another one of them. Uh, right now? Well, certainly not right now. I don't know that I would ever do that again because I don't really do a lot of stuff like this. Although we are, but, but we're this sticking is with your, the theme. your this. signature drink. I guess it is. I guess this is. I mean, this is now drink. your thing. The Phil Collins. I can feel it rumming in the pear tonight. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's- that's the name of the cocktail. You have to say the whole thing. The Phil Collins colon, I can feel it rumming in the pear tonight. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, Lord. And you you have to say the, right? That is part of the, oh, the, the title. Phil uh-huh. Of the, yep. the Phil Collins. Well, because you, you wouldn't want people to think that you're asking for actual Phil Collins. Sure. Um So, yeah, that's going to be the theme of our uh, San Francisco cocktails is things dropped into other things. We're set to do some Jaeger... Bombs. Otherwise known as bombers. Yeah. And uh, a car bomb, which is, uh, you know, we already know we like that. Right. I'm surprised we haven't done that before. Um, We usually don't have such large drinks, right? And um, I think that's the reason. And we've shied away from drinks that have uh, beers or ciders. I once went to a party where it was a movie watching party and we would watch movies all day and drink and eat all day. I remember this. This was at your friend Joe's house from yeah. Trader Joe's. Yeah. Uh, Not the titular Trader Joe. <laughs> no. Uh, one, one of the Joes. And um, we made car bombs. But what I did not realize is that car bombs really need to be drunk like right away. You can't... Sp- leave them and sip them as you're watching a movie because they curdle mm-hmm. and taste disgusting. It's happening in your stomach, you know. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I'm I'm much better with it happening in my stomach rather than uh, in the glass. Right, next you don't to have me. to drink it at that point. Exactly. Yeah, that was always a thing that, that you hear parents tell you that, you know, it all mixes up in your stomach, so why are you grossed out by it now? Well, you can't taste it in your stomach. You don't have to look at it. Exactly. That's the main thing. Yeah, the eggs shouldn't touch the toast. That's not a gross thing. The the eggs shouldn't touch anything. Yeah, nothing should touch anything. You don't mix your goddamn peas into your mashed potatoes. You do, don't you? Uh, no, I don't. I don't like peas very much. Mm. I like fresh peas, um, but not canned peas. And that's what I grew up with. A lot of it because my mother really liked peas herself. So now I don't, I don't like them myself. And now it's time for some guest advice from our friends at the Overthinking It podcast, available on the internet at overthinkingit.com. 
Hey there, this is Matt Rather from the Overthinking It podcast, and I'm here with my friends Pete Fenzel. Hello, Matt. And Mark Lee. Howdy. We're very glad to be on the Advice Hot Dog podcast uh, and very glad to answer this question from Nathan. Uh, Without further ado, here it is. Nathan asks us, how can one best deal with persnickety high society types? It grinds my gears, says Nathan. It grinds my gears when people get uppity and judgmental over, oh, say, the overuse of sandals as a good footwear selection. Well, Nathan, let me tell you, uh, I live in Los Angeles, and there is not a time of the year when sandals are not a good footwear selection. You just let those feet breathe. You know, they need it. It's healthful. Uh, is that is that your advice to move to Los Angeles? I don't think it's very feasible. <laughs> I can't I can't say for other areas of the the other areas of the country, but but Nathan, I agree with you wholeheartedly that people hating on sandals just gotta stop because they don't know what the heck they're talking. Talking about, but I, uh, I, as long as you're not wearing socks with your sandals, I mean that's that's a whole other uh, level, right? You are speaking to a truth, however, which is that persnickety high society. So the question has two difficult terms that need to be parsed in order to answer. One is what is a persnickety high society type, and the other is what? How does one best deal? Right? What does that mean? Right? To best deal with. Uh, so persnickety high society types, you're thinking about somebody who is ensconced in tradition, who has the weight of some sort of tradition behind what they are saying or doing, which has to have some sort of legitimacy uh, in some sort of context, I think, to fit the definition. If what they were saying was just totally out of the blue. So here, I'll give you an example. I recently watched an episode of Guy's Grocery Games, one of my favorite Food Network television shows. <laughs> and, and there was a guy on this podcast. This is a show where this was couples, and they were doing cooking competitions, but also supermarket sweep-type competitions running around a grocery store. And there was this one guy wearing full-on lederhosen, full green outfit, lederhosen. He's with his his ex-wife, and they run a restaurant together. He had a thick accent, but also a speech impediment. And in the first event, he convinced the judges that pea soup and meatballs was a very traditional Bavarian dish and that it was a fine entry into this particular contest. And I mused about how funny it would be if... If he were just making it up, right? Like if he weren't actually German, if he just had like a bit of a speech impediment, right? If he like had a bit of an affected way of speaking or was even faking an accent, but was being lent all this legitimacy by the fact that uh, he claimed to be German and nobody could call him on it. So I would say in most of the situations in which this question has been relevant – the person being ensconced in tradition in some manner that bears some sort of legitimacy on the conversation is not invented, uh, but has to be based on something. And it's going to be based on different things in different places. So the first piece of advice uh, I would give to this is know which kind of high society you are dealing with. If you are on the West Coast, it is probably going to be different than you are in the East Coast or the Midwest, especially around clothing. You know, the sort of Silicon Valley area and San Francisco and Palo Alto and all this other stuff. Those are different places where there are different standards of dress. Like you can walk into a Porsche dealership in a t-shirt and jeans and people have to take you seriously, which is not the case in a lot of places in the country. So yeah, so know the rules. I'm a big advocate for knowing the rules, knowing how to navigate different social situations by understanding their expectations. Yep. So I was earlier uh, giving Matt a little bit of grief for not giving particularly uh, practical advice, which is you know to move to Los Angeles. But uh, I'm going to go even one level above that and just really focus in on the high society 
uh, aspect of this question of how can one best deal with persnickety high society types? Because high society um, uh, brings with it a lot of baggage around class, right? And of course, class comes from our structural income inequality in the United States. So if you really want to best deal with these high society types, I think the answer is to remove notions of high, middle, and low society, which is to say to um, do everything you can that's possible to eradicate or at least lessen the effects of income inequality in the United States. Progressive taxes, <laughs> I, wealth transfer. I, I feel like there's an unspoken in my lifetime somewhere in this question. <laughs> <laughs> How can I deal with people insulting my sandals in my lifetime? No, you know, it's, it's, it's like, like – Over the entire scope of history. It's like Rabbi, like Rabbi Hillel said, you will not complete the work, but you are not free to desist from it either. <laughs> No, like the, the great work, the great work continues, and the arc of history is long, but it bends towards justice. And these high society types will be eradicated, right? Because remember, the the machinery, uh, the machinery of capitalism is oiled with the blood of the workers, and uh, it's all an inexorable historical progression towards the eradication of high society types. So, so Nathan, do nothing, do nothing, and the dialectical necessity of history will take care of it for you. No, that's not what I was saying. What I was supposed to say, Nathan, be the accepted sandal-wearing man you want to see in the world. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, I want to I want to weigh in here, right? Because like, unless you're dealing with actual Kennedys, right? You, you're, you're probably not like, notional Kennedys, but actual, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, notional Kennedys are a whole different matter uh, culturally, right? But unless you're dealing with actual blue bloods, right? Like with with actual people who have like a block of townhouses named after them uh, somewhere on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, right? You're probably actually not dealing with persnickety high society types. And you're probably dealing with with either snobs or wealthy people, right? Because the, the idea of the idea of class uh as it existed, you know, pre-capitalism, like, has nothing to do with money. And there are all these stories from, let's say, the United Kingdom with, like, English nobility who are actually sort of threadbare and penniless, but have uh, maybe, like, an ancestral mansion or something like that, or have, like, a, a storied storied title, right? The idea of... Um, of class, high society in a traditional sense is very different from the, from the, like the American meritocratic idea of like self-made people or, or successful people. So, so I, I suspect that when you're talking about high society types, uh, you're not talking about like, you know, residents of Hyannisport, right? I, I imagine that you're talking about, uh, wealthy snobs and the best thing you can do with wealthy snobs is ignore them, right? Right? Or try to get, you know, I don't know, try try to get some of that scratch for yourself because they are driven uh, far more than you. Like if, if it's possible to imagine, they are driven by insecurity and they are driven by status consciousness, right? Like as like as uh, as freaked out as it can be sort of seeing someone, you know, uh, on a yacht like that person is 10 times more freaked out that their yacht isn't bigger than it is. Right. Or that their friend has has still a bigger yacht uh, than they do. So they it's have more to lose also. Yeah, sure. 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 Um, yeah. the more you, the more investment you have in, in the status quo, the more, the more you have at risk when the inexorable progression of history, <laughs> when the proletariat rise up to tear down the social order. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Your 
Now, if you're dealing with actual high society types, then it's important to remember that the main precondition for success in the conversation is that nobody gets upset. If you've watched Downton Abbey, you know that everybody loses when you get angry and you have to be calm. And that's true about most depictions of high society because there is social power in the ability to maintain poise. So how do you exercise and, and flexibility, uh, power discourse uh, while you have to remain calm and the other person also remains calm? I recommend wit. And specifically, I recommend comparing things to animals. Uh, this works great in Shakespeare and it worked great in your life as well. So, and especially if you can quote something. So if they say, oh, gosh, are you wearing sandals? Is everyone wearing sandals? Just say, for want of a shoe, the horse was lost. Am I right? right. And say, am I right afterwards? It's just, it, it, or just nod. Not as if you were saying, am I right? But don't voice it. Maybe just move your lips as if you were saying, am I right? Right. Somebody be like, huh. That's an interesting shirt. Is that something you purchased? And you could be like, the dog ne'er chooses the bone, the bone chooses the ground, and the dog chooses the ground to dig in. Right? <laughs> oh, this is great. Pete, give me one for cargo shorts. I'm wearing okay, cargo so shorts. Someone somebody's is like, wow, cards. you wore cargo shorts to my daughter's wedding. And then you could just say, shark! Sharks everywhere! And, point, and because you're on Nantucket, they're terrified of sharks because of Jaws. And so they'll throw their Narragansett in commemorative cans down and flee. Um, no, you should just quote things. Like, just say "Welcome to Earth" and then and then challenge them to a duel. <laughs> That's what you do. All right. Welcome to Earth. That's what I call a close encounter. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, uh, Nathan, I think just uh, in summary, um, you know, uh, we say remember, uh, don't sweat it because they're uh, they're more freaked out than you are. <laughs> Uh, yes, remember, like bumblebees, they're more scared of you than you are. <laughs> uh, that uh, that you should remember that that the slow, inexorable progress of uh, the necessity of communism in the historical dialectic will uh, eventually eradicate them from the earth, and and uh, you know the 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 streets will run with the blood of those who oppose sandals as a good footwear selection. Um, and then, as Pete says, keep your cool. Right. Keep your cool and quote something, quote anything, and uh, you will get one up on these persnickety high society types. Am I right? Thank you, thank you for being a friend. Man. <laughs> thank you for being a friend. Ah, am I right? Yes, you am are, right? Pete. Yes, you're right. Yes, you are. So uh, if this sounds like the sort of thing you'd like to hear a lot more of, you can uh, subscribe to the Overthinking It podcast or any of our other podcasts on the Overthinking It network. Just search for Overthinking It in your podcast client. You will find us there. Uh, thanks very much to Roy and Zach on Advice Hot Dog for having us on. And uh, back to them. Employable in Etobicoke says, I've applied for a job that I'm not sure if I should take. It's four hours away from where I live now, and it would mean a big move away from friends and family. I like my current job and who I work with, but this new job would have a big raise, a big step up career-wise, a really nice place to live, and a really interesting job. Help? Take it. You really? That's what you think? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You'll stay in the same place forever if you just stick to your comfort zone. Like, you've obviously, I mean, and this question was from months ago, so you must have already taken it by now or not. Or not. not. But either way, if you get an opportunity that you can describe using nothing but these big, positive, sweeping, grand things about, take it. Sure, but at the same time, he's saying that he really enjoys uh, his life where he's at. I mean, I really enjoyed being in the womb, I assume, but I needed to get born. Mm, That's not the same. I really enjoy being alive, but eventually the right thing to do will be to die. Uh Uh-huh. You'll enjoy that just as much. It's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
I mean, you can always go back, though, to where you are, maybe. You can always go home again. That's what the old adage uh, says. Uh-huh. You're, you never moved for a job, did you? You moved for school. Uh-huh. I don't think I ever moved um, for a job, either. I moved for you to go to school, and I got a new job. See, sure. I'm a guy that thinks you moved that with me. you should always quit your job. Mm-hmm. Just always quit your job. A, mm-hmm. B, Q, Y, J. Always be quitting your job. What if you don't have a job? How do you quit that? Uh, you get a job. Get a job, yeah. I see. You're, you're quitting That's your how you quit, not, not job. having yeah. your job. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes you have to do that. You quit your job, and then you don't have a job, so then you have to quit your shiftlessness job. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you work in the night shiftlessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's always something to do. Yeah. There's always work. There is. There's no idleness. Do you, do you ever feel bored? No. Not in... Not have you any, ever? Oh, yeah. When I was younger, I did really? all the time. Yeah, but not anymore. I I can't recall being bored for, a, you know, I I don't know when, when the last time was. I mean, I remember being bored when I had a job. Mm-hmm. And I just okay. was sitting there waiting for my job to be over so that I could go do something important. Sure, but at the same time, you were already thinking about the other thing that you wanted to do. So that's not being bored. I guess that's true. Right. You're filling it with it's like, um, you know, they say to do something which is menial or doesn't take a lot of uh, thought so that your mind can wander, you know, such as taking a shower or pooping or whatever it is. A lot of bathroom stuff. They but, say to do that. They say that if you're if you're having trouble with a creative problem, you should force yourself to poop. Well, I don't know about force yourself, but that's when a lot of uh, breakthroughs, you know. <laughs> occur when you're pooping really yes <laughs> yeah you don't you don't find that the shower i certainly find oh well no, i mean not in, when you're oh so sorry sorry when, when you're shower. pooping is when when you check on your tweets and your instagram and yeah, stuff yeah exactly mm-hmm. you know you maybe play it play a little bit of uh play a little bit of threes um, oh okay for me it's uh do some galaga okay do you play galaga on your phone i what? used to a whole lot hmm. no on on the uh game boy an actual arcade <laughs> You have an actual Galaga arcade cabinet next to your toilet? Well, uh, hmm. it's really a bucket next to the Galaga. (laughs) Uh, Wetness Enthusiast says, I like drinking water, but I don't like peeing all the time. How can I drink as much water as I want without having to constantly get up to take a leak? Oh, I I feel you. I feel the same way. Uh, You should do manual labor so that you sweat it out. Oh, okay. Or just wrap... uh make a suit out of garbage bags as though you are a high school wrestler trying to lose weight really exactly fast. like spit in a cup spit in a cup yeah all day spit in a cup um, uh-huh. just uh eat eat have a salt lick at mm-hmm. your desk mm-hmm. that'll that'll help although you know that's not gonna help you lose weight um but it will help you you know it'll help your your cells retain that water instead exactly. of just making you piss it out you know uh I kind of like getting up and peeing all the time. You do? Yeah, I don't mind it, you know? No, I I sometimes feel about it the way that I feel about sneezing. Which is to say that it feels really good? No, that's stealing moments from my life away. Huh. I especially feel that way about sneezing. That it's just, really? Yeah, that I'm trying to do something and then all of a sudden a sneeze comes into my life and steals some moments away when I'm, you know, like trying to... uh, I'm trying to concentrate on pooping. But sneezing is awesome. I don't think it's awesome. Oh, boy. You know, the French call it's sneezing a life the little orgasm. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the little, little death. Yeah. Uh, 
I feel like I've made that exact same joke on the podcast before. This one or yeah. a different one? I don't know. I, yeah, I really don't mind. You know, so your Apple Watch, if you have an Apple Watch, it'll tell you every once in a while, hey, get up and walk around. Like, to me, my bladder is my Apple Watch. Hmm. Does it, it really do that? Yeah, it also tells me what temperature on it is. On purpose? Yeah. No, it really does. The Apple like Watch. Like unsolicited? Yes. It and then it you. says, call your mother? Yes, it does. It says a lot of those things. It's like, brush your teeth, mm-hmm. breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, mm. breathe out. So it's like uh, the nanny watch. Yep. I drink a lot of water at work, and I do go to the bathroom three times as much as the other people in the office, I think. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm probably healthier as a result of that. Do you feel healthier? Oh, boy, yeah. Huh. What sucks, though, is that you drink a lot of water when you're at the office, you pee a lot, then say it's time to make a 12-hour drive, suddenly you have the the bladder of a nine-year-old. Exactly. I think it's about how you're sitting in a car. Makes makes it it more. Yeah. Mm. That's my theory. Or, um, you know, I just get really nervous driving. Yeah. Well, there, you just pee in a Gatorade bottle. Hmm. And throw it out the window, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, like a trucker bomb. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's just like a motorist bomb because it's not like a gallon bottle. Yeah, but they don't bottle. know that, right? The people who find it don't know that. The people who are like, ooh, free Gatorade. They don't, <laughs> uh-huh. they don't know what kind of pee it is. It could be trucker pee. Have you ever found trucker bombs? Uh, no, but I don't spend a lot of time just messing around on the side of interstates. Oh, I see. I, like really almost no time at all mm. is how much I spend doing that, I think. There used to be some truck drivers when I worked at Trader Joe's who would drop their uh, Gatorade and gallon uh, jars, or not jars, bottles in the parking lot. And then I would find it later on, you know, weeks later when I was working on stuff outside. Mm. It's pretty great. Are you sure it wasn't like people making shake and bake meth? No, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it tasted like pee. Okay. And you didn't try like boiling it down and scraping the crystals up the side and snorting it? Yeah, no. No? You never know. Hickory Dickory Dank says, nice name. Uh, What are you guys' thoughts on canned chili? What chili of any kind do you put on your hot dog? P.S. Beans and chili are bad. Uh, You're wrong about that. Beans and chili are delicious. Yeah, I I like that. Um, You know, there is a... Sorry, I'm going back to this, but I don't normally buy canned chili, but uh, for a while I did buy some of the canned chilies from Trader Joe's, and that was pretty much it. Uh, they had a pretty good turkey and beef chili. Is they that two a, different chilies, or is that a turkey two, and beef chili? D- different ones. They also have a chicken one, which is a bit odd. Canned turkey chili is, generally speaking, a little better in my experience than canned than beef, beef chili. Yeah. Chili the turkey is, one is better. Canned chili is fine, though. I mean, it's just cans of a bunch of food and sauce. Like, it's fine, you know? Yeah, it's fine. As, also, you're just putting a few spoonfuls on your hot dog. I, once, I don't really like making fun of people, but I once went to work on this guy's computer, and his desk was littered with, like, 32-ounce Thirst Buster cups each of which had an inch or two of canned chili in the bottom of them. There's dozens of them. Oh, my God. And some of them had cigarette butts in them. It smelled so bad. Uh-huh. And was so gross and would have been so easy to clean up. You know, I don't feel that you're making fun of that person as pointing out a 
a disgusting thing that everyone should be aware of. Well, yeah, don't do that, right? If like, I'm sorry, like maybe that guy, maybe that guy is an is, is an advice hot dog fan and he's listening. And I'm sorry if it seems like I'm making fun of you, but boy, that was fucking gross. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't think you're making fun of him. You're just pointing out the obvious. I guess he put them in the Thirstbuster cups so that he could microwave them. That's also not a good idea. Probably not, yeah. Right? You shouldn't put foam in the microwave. You shouldn't put plastic in the microwave. Eh, some plastic can go in the microwave. There's definitely mm. microwave-safe plastic. I don't trust any of that shit. What? You don't trust science? I don't trust science. Yeah, you're right. You're right not to. I am. Um, I haven't, you know... Now when I want chili, I'll just make some chili, you know? Do you ever make chili, Roy? I haven't. Th- that's never- something that, that you've done a whole whole bunch of. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at making beans, but I've never made chili. Mm, see, I'm terrible at making beans. I just use canned beans in my chili. Dude, let's get together. Let's. Let's form a company. Okay. We'll make canned chili. Zach and Roy's chili and beans. In a can. Exactly. It's getting really long. Mm-hmm. Let's put them in uh, glass jars. Oh, Okay. With, with like, um, we can sell them in Thirstbuster cups. We we just get some Thirstbuster cups from the trash at Circle K. Exactly. There you go. Reuse, reduce, and recycle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but you know, so that people know that it's uh, uh, artisanal. We should cut little uh, pieces of gingham and put them on top and tie them with a ribbon, like with a jute. Uh huh. With a jute. Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I meant to bring you some jute. I'm sorry I didn't. Oh, this is the worst birthday ever. (laughs) Closed Minded in Connecticut says, Hi there. A good friend of mine really wants me to try smoking weed. Though he really isn't putting pressure on me, he says there isn't any harm in trying it once. I don't want to try it, but I can't see any real flaw in his reasoning. Is he right? If not, how do I convince him to leave me alone about it? Absolutely love the show. Thanks so much. I would say he's probably right. But it's also not a big deal if you never smoke weed ever in your life. Yeah, and it's not up to that guy. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's up to you. What are his motivations for being so persistent about it? I mean, oh, because he wants to mess with you. Hey, are you high yet? Are you high? You're totally high, aren't you? Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you freaking out, man? Is this freaking you out, man? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's that's probably what he would do to you. That seems oddly familiar somehow. Have um. You know what I think is weird? The notion that people have, which is that the first time you smoke pot, you don't actually get high. That is weird. I got high as fuck the first time I really? smoked pot. Yeah. I don't recall that I did, but I think that's just because I didn't know how to smoke anything. You were actually smoking oregano and pencil shavings. Probably. You know? Banana peels. Mm-hmm. That were opened up the wrong way. Right. They were not open like a monkey. They were open like a dirty human. Uh, yeah, it's not a big deal. It's not like, I mean, some people don't drink. Some people don't ever smoke pot and it's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, just tell your friend, seriously, knock it off. I'll do it if I want to. Because maybe if he stops asking you, suddenly you'll think, oh, well, hmm, maybe I should try it. Exactly. And then everyone will be happy. Mm-hmm. Also, pot is fine. Yeah, I mean, um, on a personal note, I do not smoke pot. I have before, um, just to know what it was like. Every time that I tried it, I would get very paranoid, and it consistently got worse and worse. So for me, I've decided that it's not something that I enjoy doing. It's not a big deal that I don't, while my friends do. But you mess with them. Yeah, I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, do you have to pee? Do you, have you peed your pants? Did you oh. pee your pants? Doesn't it feel like you peed your pants? That's totally a thing that 
I would experience. Yeah, a lot of people have said that. Yeah, that's that's not a good feeling. I, I, I don't like, like the feeling of having peed my pants and then not have peed my pants because if I'm going to feel like I'm peeing my pants, I want to have the satisfaction that I have peed my pants. Yeah, I don't know how I... I don't know what peeing my pants feels like because I have not done it since I've been old enough to remember what things feel like. I do remember as a little kid peeing my pants and deciding after getting in trouble with my parents, you know, when I'm older, I'm going to pee my pants whenever I want. Yeah. I I have not taken myself up on that. uh, I mean, you could. I decided that when I was an adult, what I was going to do was make uh, ants on a log with an entire stalk of celery. And have you? I have. I did once. It was terrible. And I'm like, this is why, why was my it grandma terrible? would never do this. It was really unwieldy. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a mess. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Ants on a log, half a stalk of celery. It's the right way to do it. Hmm. Grandma knew. Tal the Wicked writes, I have a good friend that got a job on the West Coast. We grew up in the Midwest and we're talking regularly via phone slash IM. The problem is that I was always calling and he would never call me. So am I an asshole for not wanting to continue to call him every time? What would you do? Okay, thanks. Bye. You know, I feel like this is a common thing between friends where one person does the calling, the other person does not. If you enjoy the calls, I don't know that it matters. Yeah. I mean, I I think that you shouldn't get all butthurt about the fact that you are calling them all the time. Like if you want to talk to them, talk to them. He probably just got used to it. Or maybe he's just not the kind of person that it occurs to him to do that. And that's fine. Right. He's still your friend. Like Mm -hmm. I know we've run into this with people that we've been friends with for a really long time. Some people. I think you and I have done this with, with each other somewhat. Yeah. Some people can't handle like, not talking to someone for like six months, but still like believing that they're friends. Right. Like, I feel like some people will get very upset with you if you don't make an effort to keep in touch with them. And Mm -hmm. I think that those are the kinds of people that like guys like you and I are not going to probably continue to be friends with as we get older and busier and have less discretionary time. Sure. And that's sad, but it's just the way some people work. I mean, and maybe this, maybe the question answer is, the question asker is like that, right? Like maybe he's like, Oh, well, if I have to put in all the effort then I don't want to be friends with this person anymore. I mean, if that's how you feel, if you feel like they're not worth being friends with because they don't ever call you, but they're also not worth saying, Hey, I wish you would call me sometimes too. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's like, that's a relationship kind of thing, right? Like, I feel like if you have that kind of like low grade resentment about a thing, with like your wife or your girlfriend, then you bring it up because you need to resolve that because they have a response and they also like have some responsibility to like meet your needs there. Right. But just some Mm -hmm. friend, like I don't really feel like that's a thing Mm -hmm. necessarily. I guess it probably is. It it may be, but you also get to decide whether you want it to continue the way that it is because you're also not going to change someone if you're okay with with how it is then you decide that and then you're just okay with it if you're not then you stop calling i mean i don't know that i you get to lose that friendship though sure i don't know that that's necessarily changing someone right i mean because like they can always make it an issue if they knew that this was a thing that was important to you they would do it right they just didn't know so like you're changing someone and this is like teaching them a new cool way to tie their shoes is changing someone. i guess you can do that but at the same time I wouldn't bother with just some friend, right? Like, if I wanted to talk to him, I would just call him. Mm-hmm. And 
whatever. Like if I, and here's the thing, if you forget to call him for six months or if you don't call him for six months and then you call him again, he's not going to be pissed, right? Sure. <laughs> Which is, that's pretty nice. It's pretty nice to have a friend like that. Right. I uh, have encountered uh, friends that maybe I didn't call. And then when I would call, being the person that did all of the calling, they would get upset with me that I wasn't calling enough, but they didn't put in the effort to call me. So I don't know if this is that type of situation, but, you know, you also, I feel you you commit to whether it's worth your time or not. Yeah. 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 I had a friend who, um, you know, decided that, with her friendships, if it had to be with her that she did all the calling or writing of letters or that sort of thing, and um, the other person didn't reciprocate, then she would just continue doing it because she was the one who enjoyed doing it. And when she talked to these people, they were still her friends. So she just accepted that fact and she felt better about it than making it an issue with, with each individual person that didn't reciprocate. Yeah, I mean, a friendship is not a thing where somebody has to, like, constantly prove that they're worth it, you know, or that... They, no, like, there is a give and take, though, right? You you do have to put in some effort because it is a relationship. It's not just, uh, you don't just admire this person or they're not just your servant. Well, right, but it's not like... It's like, uh, you know, I'm always asking him to fan me with palm fronds and he's never asking me to fan him with palm fronds like mm -hmm. that. I don't know, like, I, friendships, you know, are they work? Like, are friendships work? Do you feel, do you feel like you have to put in effort to be friends with me? I feel that I have to make an effort, yeah. Hmm. Because you're, I think you're supposed to. It doesn't happen by itself. Man, do you not like me because I don't feel like I put in any effort to be friends with you? You do put in effort. Is the thing. Ooh, is it secret effort that I'm not it's even not, aware of? Well, the thing is, is that maybe you're not recognizing that what you do is effort. Okay. You know, like writing someone back or calling them or, you know, like I'm in San Francisco here visiting you. That is putting in effort. But no, it's not. I literally just sat at my house and waited for you to show up. <laughs> okay. I would have been doing that anyway. Sure. I mean, I guess there was like a brief period of time where I knew you might show up soon, so I wasn't jerking off. Okay. Well, um, I, I do appreciate that. And that's a that's certain less amount effort of... and more of a sacrifice. Okay. Right? Uh, Roy, I don't remember what the next segment of the show is. No. Do we have ads plugs at this point? Oh, actually, we, we go to uh, how you get a hold of us. Oh, how do you get a hold of us, Roy? I think the best way to get a hold of us is you go directly to a website that is called http colon no is it slash slash colon slash slash it's colon slash slash advicehotdog.com and there you will find a feed to our most current episode and all of our past episodes you can just listen to them right there you don't need iTunes you don't need a smartphone you need a computer of some sort but there is also a little box where you can submit your own questions directly to the show. You can also email slash at gunsandroses.com. Uh-huh. That's probably something. Don't expect any responses from that. Uh, you can also send us some questions to advicehotdog at gmail.com. You can send us a call, 
give us a call at 769-218-9225 or send us a card or, uh, you know, some octopi or maybe some seahorses to 1803 North 38th Street, Phoenix, 85008. Phoenix That's in Arizona. Arizona is the state that it's in. You could also email colon.powell at military.org. You'll get some great results from that one. Uh, this week's ads plugs is, you know, I want to take some time from all of our uh, paid sponsorships for a personal message. I think all people out there in uh, iPod land who enjoy listening or um, I think all people out there and <laughs> podcast land. I'm, I am no help. I have no idea where you're going, Roy. Who enjoy watching Adventure Time should listen to the podcast Conversation Parade. It's an Adventure Time uh, podcast. This parade is a charade. It's an Adventure Time talk podcast. It's very good. It's very interesting. Does it have Pendleton Ward in it? It does not, but it may. So uh, the two hosts of it... Like it it could in the same way that any podcast could? No. Well... I'm about to explain. The two hosts talk about uh, a certain topic about Adventure Time. They are very uh, adamant watchers, and they think about things that I have not thought about and appreciate. And then each episode, they are interviewing someone connected to the show. So they've interviewed uh, some of the voice actors, some of the uh, storyboarders, and then I think eventually they will also get to some of the writers and Pendleton Ward. So it's very much with the crew that puts Adventure Time together. Anyway, if you enjoyed that, I think you will enjoy Conversation Parade. You can find it wherever you find podcasts. Roy, is it time for the stinger? It is time for the stinger. Kirk writes, stinger, original Star Wars or special editions? Kirk, what the fuck? Why is that even a question? You know, when they first came out, we all went to the theater to check them out, but... The special editions? Yeah. Yeah. I remember. But after that, we all knew that the original editions were what what it should be. I remember going to see... I remember driving from Prescott to Phoenix with uh-huh. you to see the Star Wars special edition the when first it came out one? in the theater. I think that's what was the most special about it, is that we got to see them in theaters. And honestly, Star Wars A New Hope was the least goofed up of any of them i mean it added mm-hmm. that stupid job of the hut thing but whatever mm-hmm. like that it was a minute and you could just pretend that it hadn't happened but there i guess the cg technology at the time while very impressive was still very recognizable as to what was cg and what wasn't and you know it was unnecessary like all of the stuff that was put in there was very superfluous well to us you know Sure, I, but come on, Kirk. I think to history. Come on, I still have my VHS copies of the original. That's I do fine. too, and I also I think I bought those DVD when they did the DVD mm-hmm. where there was just this bullshit. It didn't even have a menu. Mm-hmm. Was it like basically like the it, menu it was, was just a picture of George Lucas flipping you off? Here you go. And the originals were were a bonus feature. Yep. Yeah, I have those too. And I've never watched them. Yeah, I don't think I have either. <laughs> But you know what? I I feel uh, safe knowing that I have them in my possession. You can, yeah. 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 You can never go home again. That's really what they say. 
You can never go home to Tatooine again because your home has been burned by the Mm. Empire. Exactly. I've been Zach. I've been Roy. And this has been Advice Hot Dog. I think we're a little rusty. Yeah. Do you want to just record that all over again? <laughs> yep. No. Um, is there a version of that name that is aquatic? What do you mean? Is, like there, a, a is there an easy joke about Paul Blart that is like... You know, Aquacop. Aqua, okay. Is that what you mean? No, I mean the name, Paul Blart. Oh. You know... Never mind. Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Aquarium cop. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, do you, hmm. Is there a joke about uh, Commissioner Gordon uh, being shown some balls? <laughs> like you're flashing Gordon. Uh, not, not that I know. Not like a standard joke that I learned as a little kid. Was this it? Is, yeah. This is not like why did the chicken cross the road to flash Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> His balls. <laughs> to show Commissioner Gordon it's cloaca. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. Final Paul Blart Aquaman. <laughs>